Welcome to the official Titans podcast, better known as the OTP. Amy Wells is here every single week with me, Mike Keith. Hello, Mike. How are you? Oh, so good. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Coach good. Dave McGinnis. Hi, Mike. Hi, Amy. Hello. From Titans Radio and, of course, from TitansOnline.com. It is the great Jim Wyatt. Hi, Jim Wyatt. Glad to be here. Sir, turn your microphone on there. I'm glad to be here, Thank but you. slow out of the gate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is first one. It's his first one ever. Look well, for the green light. Yeah, kind of like you're driving. Need to see the green light on. It means that's go. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Gearing up for the Buffalo Bills on Sunday, the crucial catch game. Yes. It's going to be, uh, looks like nice weather in terms of temperature. Nice is relative. Is instead of 98. Okay. It's going to be great weather. It's uh, going to be in the great weather. later in the day, but it's supposed yeah, to be Yeah, they were saying later day. in the day is what I was hearing. Uh, later in the day. Let's go with that. sneaks up on you. Well, especially when you're the sideline reporter. Yeah, I'll bring a raincoat just in case. And a hat? And a Will hat. you actually take it with you to the <laughs> sidelines? The hat saga is a story that will never end, but yes, I will bring a hat and have it on the sidelines. So she ended up at Jacksonville. She was given a hat by the Titans radio crew. It's a bucket hat? Just a hat. Okay. No, just a like a ball hat. cap. Okay. And so she failed to take it with her, and then 87 people were dispatched to find her a hat. At least. <laughs> it Pre- was, pre-game. It was not... It's not something I'm proud of. I don't know. I'm People are very kind, and I appreciate that they felt bad for me as I was drenched. Mm-hmm. But, like, it was my mistake. Uh, wet hair, not a great look. Take but a like, hat. I will yep. rise. You need one of those yeah. umbrella caps that you, whether it rains or there's sun, to keep the sh- keep like a shade umbrella? on your face. Like, yeah, one of those little things that fits on your head. <laughs> it's a multicolored umbrella hat. Have you ever seen one of those? Oh, Coach, I have. Coach yeah. Gettis is thinking, I signed up for this show. <laughs> Why am I here? Do not do that. I think it, I mean, it's functional. Function no, over fashion wear, is what I always wear say. A Titans Let's ball, talk okay, about like function. You, you look good in it. Thanks, Let's talk Coach. about function at left tackle for the Tennessee Titans. How much of a lift does the offensive line get overall with Taylor one back this week for Buffalo? You're getting your best player back. The uh, you're getting one of the best players in the league back. It means a lot. It's something like that happens. It happened to me when I was a head coach. I said this, you know, when that suspension came down. I lost my starting center for four weeks, and and you you put the narrative out that you've got to make it work, and that's what this group did. That's what I did. That's what you do. But just laying it out there, it means a lot. It's your best player. How much does it help Roger Saffold at left guard? Well, I think, you know, he and Roger had started to develop some chemistry during the OTAs. And they weren't able to work as much together during training camp because of all the juggling you had to do to get you know other other people ready. I just know this that uh, Roger Saffold played good ball for us at the Rams. He played great ball at the Rams when they signed Andrew Whitworth and put him next to him. So Taylor Lewan is is in that category. All right, we've read a lot about the Titans chipping and doing things to help Dennis Kelly. Two-part question, how much of that was actually going on from what you could see on tape, 
And the second part of the question is, how much does it assist the offense that they're obviously not going to do that for Taylor? Well, chip, you know, chipping is a broad term. I okay. mean, you can you can slide, you can <clears throat> excuse me, you can slide a line, you can bring a you can bring a back over, you can slide a back across the protection. Most of the times when you're in shotgun now in the National Football League, if your back is involved in what we call scan protection. You can scan him across once the Mike backers declared. We'll get into some ball here if you want to. Go once once the once the Mike linebackers declared, and you start scanning protection. Well, then if he's either going to block to the left or the right, depending on who you feel like is the most, you know, the hooch you work on during the week, who is going to be the the biggest element as far as the way they line up. You know, when they look and declare the Mike backer. So Taylor Lewan can block anybody in this league by himself. I liken it to when I had Aeneas Williams playing corner for me when we were in the NFC East, and every time, whoever we played, especially with the Cowboys, because everybody will know this name, every game plan week we'd go up to play Michael Irvin, I'd say, Aeneas, you have him man-to-man every snap. The other ten of you, here's what we're going to do. That's how you can use Taylor Lewan. Lewan's return, obviously a big story, but to this point in the week, Jim Wyatt, not as big a story as some would have anticipated. Yeah, and I think the the story now, as far as Taylor Lewan goes, is how is he from a conditioning standpoint, and how much different it is to be in football shape than it is in regular shape. Because and, and today he'll find that out. I mean, it's 98 degrees today. I don't know whether we're inside or out yet, but uh, supposed to be upper 90s the next couple of days, and he's going to be thrown into the fire and be expected to be the Pro Bowl tackle that he is but uh, a lot of credit goes to Dennis Kelly uh, to kind of hold down the fort until Taylor Wine gets back and I think he'll be especially motivated coming back in here knowing that uh, uh, he's not been around the last four games and he feels like he's gonna have something to prove which is probably a good thing. I think the thing that's exciting for this offensive line is we can start to get people back playing to their strengths you know right now everybody was kind of trying to fill some gaps and provide extra help maybe for Dennis when he needed it and just kind of move around now we can get people in positions that they are good at playing and we can kind of start to build on that now that you have 77 there and he's a reliable player we hope that he's in the condition he needs to be in and he can be that reliable force so you can give some help in other places where it's needed instead of just trying to fill a gap for a guy that you anticipated being there in the first place. He will not be in football condition yet because it's just like coming back to the OTAs. You can work out all off season that you want to, but there are, you know, it's just, it, it's a specific uh, uh, muscle set, specific skill set that you develop over a period of time. And so, it's not that he won't know what to do. He'd just have to get slotted in. So he needs three really good days of practice this week. With a player of his athletic ability and, 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 and a veteran player, it doesn't take as long. But it'll take a little bit. I mean, it's, you know, it's like your golf swing. If you just jump out and slam your trunk you know, after having not done it for a while, you've kind of got to get back in the slot. How did Nate Davis do at right guard in Atlanta? I really liked him in the run game. I liked him in the run game because here's what he can do. He's physical. He can move his feet. He's got power hands. He's got really powerful hands. When he punches somebody, I mean, they, 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 they feel it. And I'm talking about from a defensive front, close quarters type of thing. I thought he did a nice job of working up to the second level. Sometimes he was on the right guy. Sometimes he, you know, he wasn't. Uh, I really liked what – you didn't ask me this question, but I'm going to expand on this. I liked what they did because not starting him was the correct thing to do. 
and then insert him and let him start working because you talk about missing time. He missed valuable, valuable time. But that time, that those plays, and he played a lot of plays in, in the ball game. I know you know the exact count. But he got a lot of it. That game there was worth two preseason games of experience right there. That was a, that was a good thing for him. It's a good thing for him to get in there when it was when it was rolling, and it was a good thing for him that he we had success when he was in there. Both of those things were important. And, and it was forty for him and twenty four for Douglas. And I'm curious to see what that snap count looks like moving forward. Because you the my thought process at least is eventually this is going to be Nate Davis's job sure. and uh, whether or not that happens this week or the rotation continues I'm curious about that we saw Kevin Palmfield step out on the practice field on Friday for a short time he was supposed to be the right guard at the start of the season but it seems like the conversation has changed and it's down to Davis and Douglas and it's just a matter of when Davis has turned loose do you even think about Dennis Kelly being that he has been playing a lot of snaps, do you think about using him at the guards? I think Dennis Kelly's a swing tackle right now. Okay. And, and, and you brought his name up, and kudos to what Dennis Kelly did. But that's the kind of player that he is, and that's the kind of pro- professional that he is. He's a true pro. I really admire that guy. Do you start Nate Davis this week? No. Same thing? Same thing. Why I, not? I do the same thing just because of what I said. He still there's I mean he played he played good there's still a lot of things he doesn't know and you still I mean I I still like the way and the, and this Mike this front we'll I know we'll talk about Buffalo's personnel it's a different group it's a different group of what he played you know last week I I I'd do the same thing the formula worked now you're going to work yourself into like Jimmy said he'll eventually be the starter I I'd, I'd keep the same formula this week too it was a good day for Nate Davis to step in too, because the Titans got an early lead. They didn't. They weren't as predictable on offense. You know, if he'd have been thrown into the Jacksonville game where Titans are playing from behind, throwing the ball a lot, that's a completely different job for him. So, uh, hopefully, on Sunday, Titans will be able to get a lead and uh, and be able to dictate uh, to the defense what they're doing. But um, it. it fortunate the way things played out I think did you have a chance to watch observe listen to any of the conversation with Nate Davis on the sideline Amy I watched Nate Davis on the sideline he was taking a lot of advice from a lot of different people especially and I thought this was interesting a lot of the special teams coaches he was working with them on the sidelines trying to get his stance right trying to get lower down at one point he was even with Bo Brinkley and Bo was trying to help him lower his center of gravity a little bit and get lower. So I thought that was interesting that he was working with whoever was around to kind of try and get himself better, you yeah. know, to work on his technique as he was standing just with whoever could help him. Just another example of how much time he missed. Mr. Guys, and I know you guys know this, and, and, and for our listeners, that's, that was, that's critical time. Critical time, and I'm, I'm not going to belabor the point. But what Rashawn Evans missed, you know, what – I mean, it's it just it, – it makes a difference. It's a different game. This is a different game than the NCAA game, no matter what level they come from. 54 people currently on the Titans roster, they have until Saturday to make the move where they have to take somebody off the roster because they get the waiver for Taylor Lewan through the course of the week as he comes back from suspension. You think they'll take it all the way to Saturday before they make a move? Uh, wouldn't surprise me, uh, and I would think it comes from the offensive line group just because of the numbers there. Uh, maybe they do it early, but um, 
I don't know. This tendency, is, at least in the past, has been to wait till the end because you just don't know what right. could potentially happen. Uh, on the flip side of that, uh, do you expose a guy to the practice week that you know you're maybe going to cut and have him potentially be released? There's a lot of, I mean, potentially be injured. So there's a lot of things to factor in there. Uh, and, and do you stand a better chance of getting a guy through waivers and getting him back on the practice squad if you wait until the end of the week? That's something else to keep in mind. No, they'll wait. Don't make a move until you have to. Yes. I mean, they have it. You know, and, and, again, practices, practices now in the National Football League during the season. I mean, it's not like we're not in two-a-days. Right. It's not like you're going to go out there and beat everybody up. You're going to practice, and you're going to be physical, but it, it, they'll wait. To Jim's point, though, it certainly makes sense that they feel like it'll be an offensive lineman because, A, they have so many, and, B, they let Lyndon Johnson go from the practice squad. Jim scooped yeah, – good scoop last week about yeah. the D <laughs> it line. It didn't last long, It though. didn't last <laughs> long, but he, you were right. He did play in the offensive line. He's replaced on the practice squad by Jamal Davis, who we think is an outside linebacker. And Jim, are you going to tell us this morning that he plays quarterback instead? <laughs> I don't he's know. Gonna be, he's going to be. They're going to work him out at wide receiver. I could just tell you, he's the third Davis on the roster. I guess that's uh, it. Yep, joining well, Nate and Corey. Interesting player because he sort of jumped around in college, and he had a, a good combine. He ran four six, and he's got long arms and. Uh, you're going to try out people at outside linebacker who have that skill set who you can try to develop. He's not a guy who's ever really tried to do this in a 3-4 before, so an opportunity to take a look at him. When you bring guys in on the practice squad, you're bringing in traits. Right. And, and you brought up his combine numbers, and you clearly looked at him. I mean, I, I, I knew what they were. He's a twitchy guy. He's a twitchy guy, and he can run, and he does have length, and he's got some explosion to him. Now, you know, he played there at Akron, and so you just – that is the perfect guy to bring in to try to see if you can start to start to develop him or if he's got the, the temperament to do what you want him to do. But you you bring in traits at this time of year, and, and there we I constantly talk about chumming the bottom of the roster, but you do it not – you do it not just by name. You do it with traits, and this guy's got some traits. And it was a long list. I mean, this is this is the time of year where John Robinson and his scouting department bring in, oh, you know, sometimes many as a dozen players on a Tuesday to work them out. And uh, he was selected from that group. And then we'll see as the season goes on when sometimes moves are made, swapping out the roster. Some of these guys that have worked out on September the 30th may end up being on the roster on October the 18th. We'll see, but uh, he must have performed well yesterday. And who says Lyndon Johnson doesn't come back at some point? Because now you've had a chance to look at him for a week, and you say, ah, oh, maybe he's a long-term project, and you're trying to get that. But you're really trying to get that. When you talk about traits, it feels like when you run a 3-4, you're running outside linebackers through as quickly as you can to get as many looks as, as many at as many guys as possible. Why is that, Coach Matt? Well, it's because it's a, it's a position. It's it's a position that, that it sometimes you're not getting that exact defense played in college football. But you look at you look at traits. It's one of those tweener positions. 
You've got a big guy, 6'5", 250 pounds. Can he move? Can he move any in space? Can he take his hand off the ground and get into a two-point stance? If you think he's got a chance to do that, that's why when we go to the combine, you, you guys are all at the combine, and when they work out, they have that special session after every one of those defensive end groups work out. They always work them out as outside linebackers you know, in the 34 because people want to see that. You've got a, a great number of, of teams in this league that play a 34 defense right now, but the position itself in college is different. Well, and if that position can be more versatile, you're going to get more looks on your practice squad too. And if you find one there, then you don't have to draft one. Or Which even worse, ideal. even worse, you don't have to try to sign one in free agency because those guys are expensive. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> they're expensive coming out if that if they're if they're really adept at doing that in college. It's the same thing that happened with your favorite player in the league right now, Shaq Barrett. It's exactly the same thing that happened with him. Yeah, the Shaq Barrett story is Coach Mack and I talked about this on Titans Radio Monday night. Here's Shaq Barrett, this dude who is undrafted coming out of college, goes and plays for the Broncos, and he's pretty good. You know, he does okay. He has 14 sacks in five years. Right now, Shaq Barrett has nine sacks, three forced fumbles, and an interception for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He, Shaq Barrett is on a record-setting pace. I guess it's – is it still Michael Strahan's record? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's on pace to break Michael Strahan's sack record right now, Shaq Barrett. If I had asked you, Amy Wells, who knows the NFL, who Shaq Barrett was a couple weeks ago and who he played for, could you have said? No. I couldn't have said who he played for. I knew no. the name, Mm-mm. but I, I couldn't have told you probably where he was – and yet this guy out of nowhere in, what, year six? How does this happen? Well, it happens because you get, if you get to the door and you've got traits and you start to develop them and you see it, and, and some guys it takes longer to mature. Uh, you know, I'm off of Shaq Barrett because I know his story, and, and it's, you know, but Nebraska-Omaha dropped the— Did it, Wasn't he in a boy's home? Didn't you tell me that? Yeah, he played at Nebraska Boys School there, and that's where he's played at high school. Then he went to Nebraska-Omaha. They dropped their program. He goes to Colorado State— and then becomes the WAC Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, it's not like he's an empty chair, but he just you need a chance to get in and do some things, and that's what they're trying to do with these guys. But he's not Jadivian Clowney in terms of height, weight, speed. No. He's not that. And, and that's, I mean, just like James Harrison was, mm-hmm. you know, everybody forgets James Harrison was on Baltimore's practice squad. He was nobody and then becomes, I mean, maybe a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Maybe. You just need a chance to get in the building, and you need somebody to work with you, and the timing has to be right, that the the fit is the fit is right for you, but also the coaching staff and the situation is right at the time. All right, let's read quarterbacks here. Um, Josh Allen is the quarterback in Buffalo. He is in concussion protocol right now. Hmm. When will we know – when will we know about Josh Allen's real status for Sunday's game at Nissan Stadium? Here's the thing with Josh Allen. There's different types of concussion protocol. He was knocked out. He was out. I mean, he, he, he blanked out. Now, that's a different type of thing rather than just, you know, like, like an official say, all right, come on off, come on off the field for a minute. Uh, so that is a different type of protocol. And so – I don't know, but I know this. In this in the climate, this day and age in the National Football League, they're not rushing anybody back. 
I think to answer your question, though, we're not going to know until Sunday. Oh, I would I think, think we'd we'll have a strong hint based on what happens in practices. Yeah, I, uh, I would. I think we'll know. I, th- I th- maybe not officially. That's what I was saying. But I think we'll. Gonna... I think we'll know. The other thing too is they have Davis Webb on their practice squad, mm-hmm. and Davis Webb has been in the league with the Jets, mm-hmm. so they don't have to go out and sign somebody. The other thing too is they're traveling. So, you know, they'd have to bring Davis Webb up if he were going to be Matt Barkley's backup. But some would say, and and just talk about this from a coaching standpoint, because to the common man. Mike, you're not the common man. Well, no, but I'm saying to to people listening to the OTP right now who are on a treadmill or on a lawnmower or who are in their car. I like that. God bless the people on a treadmill right now. That's right. Woof. Yeah. Have a sip of water. Don't yeah. get dehydrated. <laughs> Don't go too hard. Don't go too hard. The The point that I want to make, though, is they're wondering, why not just say this guy's out? If you're Buffalo, why don't you just say Josh Allen ain't playing? You don't have to. Because you don't have to. I mean, there's no, there's no reason for them but to. But what's do. the advantage in not saying? That's what people on the outside wonder. It's like if you think he's out. Why not just go ahead and say? Explain that, if you would. Well, it's this. It's an entirely different quarterback you're getting ready for if you're Dean Pease and you're the the Titans' defensive staff, from Josh Allen to Matt Barkley. It's a different quarterback. It makes a little bit of difference of some of the nuances of the things you're going to do, not only scheme-wise, but coverage structure, rush structure. All those things are different. And so the longer that you can keep your opponent not quite knowing what – because everything – you get so much tape in this league and the thing is dissected, you know, so deep. And, I mean, you, you, you scout the referee groups that are going to do your game in this league. You know that. I mean, I've done it for years. You scout every detail you can. So why give your opponent any look at all at a detail that you don't have to give them? And I'm with Coach Mackey. I, I I think the Titans would follow the same plan if in a similar situation because Allen is a different quarterback than Barkley. The thing with him is he's been turning the ball over. I mean, he, he's thrown six interceptions already. Uh, with him, you got to worry about their legs more. He's run for 131 yards, three touchdowns already. Barkley only thrown 16 passes coming in to relief. So I, I fear the Titans, I mean, I think, I think you would rather – face Barkley just because of the inexperience, but Allen will at least maybe give an opportunity uh, if he forces the ball and has turned the ball over like he has so far. Well, Allen rushing eight times per game because, I mean, and he's a big old guy, 6'5", 240, and he runs like a running back, yeah. and so that's an advantage. But in some ways, for what Buffalo wants to do with Frank Gore at tailback and Motor Singletary or or T.J. Yeldon, I mean, whoever's playing running back for them at this point, they're almost better off with that defense and Matt Barkley not turning the ball over at this moment, aren't they? Well, you're always better if you don't turn the ball over. Well, sure, but let's just start with that. Okay, Allen's a bigger threat. Okay, now he's got me already. (laughs) Here it goes. (laughs) Allen is a bigger threat because of his athleticism. Yes. But at the moment where they're at right now with the number two defense in the league and with Allen still struggling to take care of the ball, eight total turnovers in four games – 
I don't know that it does the Titans any better to have Allen miss the ball game. Well, then that's that's a key point. Okay. And, and the whole thing. Thank you, Coach. No, that, I, good night, everybody. That's, good that's, night. I'm leaving. Coach. Coach said that was a key, key point. That's a key point. The thing is, don't ever get fall into the trap of we're playing a backup quarterback this week, so everything's going to be just okay. Here's the thing. There's only so many hours in a week, and having any hint of not knowing or any piece of a question mark about something, whether you're pretty sure you know what's going to happen or not, you still have to respect that this is a possibility, and therefore you need to allocate time to prepare for that possibility. So the Bills are going to push it as long as possible that the Titans have have to respect the fact that they could see either guy and therefore have to prepare for either guy with the fact that they have two very different skill sets. Well, it is what the Titans would do because Vrabel doesn't say anything about injuries, period. I mean, he's not giving any hints. Jim, he doesn't give you information when you ask about injuries? Is that something? Most people realize what (laughs) you're going to get when you ask Vrabel about injuries these days. Every once in a while, he'll throw you a little bone but he's not giving up much and and it's not I think with him it's not necessarily for the competitive advantage it's it's, that's obviously part of it but as a former player uh, I don't know that coaches I don't know that players want coaches talking about injuries and their condition and and Vrabel's got that perspective by playing the league for so long Uh, so I think he's respecting the players by not discussing the injuries as well as trying to gain any competitive competitive advantage that he can we saw the Buffalo defense last year. Their offense is vastly different in terms of personnel. Four new offensive linemen, different backs, different receivers. I mean, the offense is different. The defense is largely the same with the addition of Ed Oliver. That's it. One guy. That defense, as we regress, that defense is salty. Everything. Jerry Hughes is a good player. Lorenzo Alexander's a good player. They've got all these veterans who know what to do, who have come into their prime later in their career, and then combine it with Tredavious White, who's a super corner, and Tremaine Edmonds, their gigantic middle linebacker. I mean, the blend of young and old in the scheme, they're for real. And if you don't believe me, ask the New England Patriots last week, right? You watch that game, it's interesting to watch that game. The way that they cage rushed the way that they disguised their coverages and the way that they 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 put seven up on the line and six up on the line and then bailed out and rushed three and dropped underneath and had brady holding it you know who it looked a whole lot like look a whole lot like what the titans did to brady last year i mean this and and mcdermott and les frazier i mean i know both of them very well no less better he played for us there at the bears uh they know what they're doing and uh, they had they had Brady kind of in the same situation we saw Brady in when we beat him here last year, where finally it was just no moss. And so this is a real defense that's coming in here, a real defense. Yeah, they're going to try to ugly the game up. I mean, they want to turn it into a game like last year's game in Buffalo, and uh, they're capable of doing it. And I, I know fans are excited after the way the offense looked uh, on Sunday in Atlanta, but this is a completely different challenge, and the keys don't turn the ball over and make mistakes like the Titans did last year in Buffalo uh, and try to limit their offense. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a pretty game, but uh, as long as it's a win, that's a big thing. You don't get style points. 
You don't. Nope. I mean, it's true. So what does the offense have to do well in order to succeed against a Buffalo defense like this, Coach Mack? Well, first of all, you've got to be able to handle that front. I mean, they're not going to stay static for you, but they're also big enough. And, and, and Ed Oliver brings a different element to it. This is a this is a this is a quick quick, strong, low leverage, low center of gravity three technique that you're going to have to handle. Different than Grady Jarrett, he's different than Grady Jarrett. He's a little bit more athletic than what Grady Jarrett was. If we just want to go to recent history, talking about three techniques, but they are a physical team. And the, you mentioned Edmonds. You've got a you've got a middle linebacker like that that's in the middle of the field, especially in this day and age in the National Football League, where the game has expanded so much horizontally. He's he's got a wingspan in there that is that you've got to deal with, and he can run, run. I mean, even last year I was so impressed. This is a guy that is a lateral player when he takes off running downhill, but he can eat stripes. This is a really good young middle linebacker in this league that that you don't see many that big that can move like he can move. And so but you've got to get a hat on a hat with those with those people up front. And the other thing is is you have to be patient because you start running the football on them. I mean this this is going to be for the for the for the offensive line and and for the people involved in blocking this front and in the the front seven especially this is going to be a heavyweight fight that you that has to go 12 rounds because neither one of these teams are going to back down this is going to be who can take as many punches as possible in the face and still be playing hard and that's what this is going to be welcome back taylor one tough challenge to come back to no it's a great and it's as i said i love the fact that taylor's back because this is you need him back for all of them but this is a good game to get him back for because this is going to be this is a grown man's game especially in the trenches this week. All right, let's wrap up with this. Tighten up. Tighten up. Happy hour. Happy hour. Ha-ha! The tighten up happy hour. This is a good idea, trying to get people in the stadium as early as possible on Sunday. Absolutely. Explain, please. Yeah, what better way to get people into the stadium than give them cheap hot dogs and cheap beer? So dollar hot dogs. One dollar gets you a hot dog. That is four quarters. Mm -hmm. That's a steal. And then $5 Miller Lite and Bud Light. It's not at every kiosk. It's at the main ones in the stadium. Um, But there will be very clear signage to make sure that you find it. And if you scan your ticket, so beep into the stadium, basically enter the stadium, before 11.15 you will be entered into a drawing. You could win tons of different prizes, one of which is cash money. And then gift cards to the Titans locker room and other Titans merchandise. So, yeah, there's tons of stuff that you could win. You definitely want to do it, but come on. There's going to be music. Guys will be warming up. There's dollar hot dogs. There's $5 well, And then you beer. won't miss kickoff. Well, you won't miss kickoff. You'll get to your seat. You won't be in any lines. Like, there is not a single downside. Not one. I've got a friend coming into this game that I played ball with at TCU. Tell him to get there at 10 o'clock. And Amy Wells just transferred one of those electronic tickets, which I got no idea how to do, but he got it and said thank you. I'm going to tell him immediately. He will be a huge participant in everything early in this thing. There's no downside. Thank you that for is, participating. Yeah. That is a tremendous idea. I love that. Tighten up. Tighten win up. Happy hour. Happy hour. If you, and if you win a cash prize, just think of all the hot dogs and beer you can get with the cash That's prize. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. More come, money. But what I want to know is do they come like Bob Barker used to? <laughs> and do they slide the, 
the money in your hand. That'd I hope be pretty so. great if they did. It'll be like AJ throwing the money in the air uh, on, <laughs> on Sunday in Atlanta. You just have to get underneath hey, it. AJ could throw all the money in the air he wants to. I asked him about that, and he said he tried to give some of the money in the imaginary vault to his teammates so they too could throw money. <laughs> Isn't that nice? No, that's weird. No, I thought I mean, that's it was well, so That's kind. way too thought out. He was trying to share the money. How about spike the ball? Uh, I mean, just. <laughs> I thought it was very yeah, kind. I thought it was nice. I don't know the all NF- these. The NFL, according to Amy Wells. But I listen, you can. Do, I asked him. If you score touchdowns for the Tennessee Titans, you can do whatever you want. As far as I'm concerned, I love that guy. I had a couple of good ones. That was a good one. The Delaney with the pay dirt in Cleveland was a good one. It's funny you remember all the touchdown celebrations out of the win. So if you see a touchdown celebration. This Sunday might be a good sign. I'm it's, all for touchdown celebrations by the Titans. There you I'm go. I'm all for it. Yep. That wraps this thing up. Jim White, tell people how they can follow you on the Twitter. Uh, at Jay Wyatt Sports on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, at Titans Amy, A-M-I-E. All right. Follow them on Twitter and listen to Coach Mack and I on Titans Radio. We're on the air at 11 a.m. Central Time. And uh, to all of you that we saw in Atlanta, at, Proud of you. At the Buckhead Saloon, thank you for being there, and thank you for all the nice things you said about uh, listening and watching and reading uh, all that you do. Uh, it really makes us go that you tell us, hey, you keep up with the team through what all we do, and uh, we're most appreciative of that. And especially to all the new listeners to the OTP that Amy Wells stole their phone and uh, downloaded uh, the, the OTP yeah, welcome. We're glad you're, you're here. A subscriber. I will Surprise. continue doing that. Yeah. <laughs> that Buckhead Saloon thing, fabulous. It got a little crazy. It was great. Which I'm all for some crazy. We're all mm-hmm. for crazy. All right. For Jim White, Amy Wells, and Dave McGinnis, Mike Keats says thanks for listening to this week's edition of the OTP.